You're listening to Steady Picks Radio. Steady Picks is your source for industry-leading sports betting data and the latest news and information to help you bet smarter and start winning. Go to www.steadypicks.com to learn, to learn all the ways you can listen to Steady, Steady Picks Radio, Radio and, and let our, our expert, expert host help you win, win some money. money. Remember, Remember betting, betting is more, more fun, fun when you win. win. Good morning, Steady Picks Radio, Wake Up and Wager. How we doing this morning? It's a good morning. Uh, the whale play wins. The whale sighting comes through for us. The Sixers pull it out. Ricky, good morning. How are you? Oh, good morning, Tom. I wish I knew how to make some whale noises. I'd be singing this I morning, uh, I should have put one on the... Uh, on the thing here but <laughs> oh no no worries uh i apologize i'm a little out of breath i just absolutely ripped it to 7-eleven to get a red bull for the show so uh this man just catching my up. breath here this man woke up this early with nothing to get him get him started it's tough the natural energy isn't there for me so right my, now how so. many did you buy i got two i got two okay the summer flavor and an original so mixing it up a little gonna say because then tomorrow the same thing happens if you don't buy should have bought 10 tom i'm the guy who continues to run into this issue every two days or you could go to the uh, grocery <laughs> store and yeah, buy like yeah. you know one like of these a, days i'll load pack. up can't be bothered with that can't be bothered no you're right that makes you're too right. much sense there's just something about running to the 7-eleven at 5 30 in the morning that i think you really like you know, there's a rush in it. There's something about it, Tom, when you know you got 10 minutes till the show starts. And I don't know. But uh, we're going to load up with some of that whale money. We're going to spend it on Red Bulls. We're going to get a year's worth. And a great win it was. Uh, started the game just, you know, felt like you never had a doubt with it. Uh, and, of course, the NBA it's always going to come back and, and go back and forth a bit. And that's kind of what we saw. But... Uh, Pretty much the whole game, I'd say it wasn't too terrible of a sweat, I would say. Yeah, I don't think at any point of the game, like the Hawks had a significant lead or anything. So, But it did get close at a couple points, Tom. I I wouldn't say I sweat, but my, uh, my nerve meter did tick up a little bit from time to time. Yeah, I, mine was too, because uh, I, I did feel like they were... Starting to, you know, they had the energy at the beginning of the game, of course, and that, that it's only going to take you so far. And then at some point, you have to settle in and play basketball. Um, right. And they did that for the most part. They really did. They really did. And here, here's my takeaways from the game, Tom. This is what I'm taking away from everything. So, first of all, Joel Embiid is fucking generational. This man is special. And we need to keep him healthy. Yep. Agree. Unbel- He's a unicorn, Tom. He's a unicorn. These the guys don't come around. He, the way that he can take over a game 
and not even touch, take over a game. Just every touch he, he gets is like he's just gotten so much better when he touches the ball. Like I remember maybe two years last year, two years ago, he would still make really dumb mistakes with the ball. Like when there was an opportunity to take it to the hoop, he'd do a fadeaway jumper, et cetera, et cetera. Now I feel like he's really come into his own a bit and really owns it, knows how to deal with the double team, knows when to shoot, knows when to drive. Oh, yeah, you, you hit it on the head. He was destroying the double team last night. They didn't they had no answer for it, Tom. It was it was beautiful to watch. But would you agree with the statement that I was saying to someone yesterday? I think you get a Joel Embiid every like. 25 to 50 years like there hasn't been someone this dominant since Shaq is the only one I could compare to this like and you can't even Shaq is even as Shaq great as he shoot was like this right he couldn't shoot to save his life couldn't move like that I mean so that that's my first takeaway though is just how special Joel Embiid is my second takeaway Tom Ben Simmons played phenomenal defense the entire night I want to show him some love. His presence was important in that game, and it was very apparent to me, at least. What did you think of Ben? I'm surprised. I thought you were going to come and grill him, um, to be honest, because you really, when you look at his stat line, it was pretty pathetic. Average. Below I mean, average, yeah. Below average. He was what, what is this? Let's, let me take a quick look at his stat line, as a matter of fact. He cause... had 34 minutes. He had four points, three rebounds, seven assists. Two turnovers, two steals. So here's what I love seeing in that. Because I, you know me, I've already accepted Ben can't score. That's not his game. I don't think he'll ever be able to do that. But the turnovers are down. And I'm fine if he wants to just make his presence felt on defense and, you know, on the offensive side of the ball, that's kind of when he, like, can build his energy back up and he can kind of take his foot off the gas a little that's fine with me, and I think that works for the Sixers. But, yeah, I guess as I'm looking at this stat line, I mean, it's not great. He had 17 say, points. He did have a lot of really good Oh, no, great he didn't passes. have 17 points. Sorry, this is the wrong. Uh, was yeah, he had four. Was looking at. He had a lot of great passes, and he, he did a lot of things well. The defense was certainly there. Um, I just question, I mean, you can't four points. play Ugh. 34 minutes. I mean, you're never going to score when you go two for three. You got to shoot the ball, dude. So for Ben, to me, it's just a matter of him waking up and saying, I'm going to get after it today, or saying, I can't be bothered, let's just pass the ball. Like he, For him, it's that simple, because if he wants to score, he will score. Like that, That's no. the toughest part about him, to me, is people say he can't score. Well, dude, he's a freight train in the paint, and when you shoot three times, of course you're not going to score. Tom, that's exactly what drives me nuts. He's the most. Uh, he's a. He's like a bigger freak than LeBron almost. Get your at, drive to the fucking hoop every single, like every time you have the ball, you got a six foot three, six foot four guard on you. Right, run by him. <laughs> what are you doing? And if the center picks but, you up, you dump it to Embiid, and he dunks it. Like I do think though, Tom, time. he he did his part defensively. I do so. He did help cash the whale. And then the, the biggest issue with the game, which is where I thought we were going to lose this, is the bench had zero points at halftime. The bench had zero points into the end of the third quarter. 
I can't remember if it was the fourth quarter or not when Shake finally got in and uh, and and scored fourteen points. Uh, yep. off a bunch. Of, was that the fourth quarter? I think it was the end of the third. Okay, we so started went the fourth. Almost, yeah. four, almost three quarters without a bench point, which I mean that that can never happen again in the playoffs, as far as I'm concerned. They don't have a great scoring option off the bench, really, is what is kind of being exposed. Because what you're telling me, what Cork Maz, like Shake Milton's good. He did a he he really uh, was a big piece of the difference yesterday. That you know, getting a little spark from him. If it wasn't George for Hill him, did I don't nothing. Think we win. If it wasn't for Shake yeah. Milton, I think we lose that game. I don't disagree. It's certainly a, a neck-to-neck battle if if he doesn't show up. Thibel two points. Dwight Howard, six points. George Hill, four points. Yeah, they, they're bench. Oof. The guard play, the, it's just the guard play that they have is just horrendously bad, and they still didn't figure it out. And, yeah, they've got some other pieces that are going to help that, but, I mean, the guard play is just a joke. Maxie didn't get much run last night. He's someone who people think can create his own shots, but, yeah, nothing from him. Um, you're, you're, you're definitely hitting on something there, and I'm sure – Doc will be looking to get that fixed. Um, my other my other key takeaway, though, Tom, I think Philly got into Trey Young's head a little with, I don't know if you heard the, the balding <laughs> chance, the ugly chance. I saw it in his face. Did we break Trey Young a little bit? I think we did. I think he's happy he doesn't have to go back to Philly. He, he was right now uncomfortable. Anyway. And you and I know this, Tom, from just growing up in the Philadelphia area. I'm not sure if the listeners are aware of, you know, what Philadelphia fans are like, but we don't hold back and we go low. It gets dark quick. <laughs> it's we're a different breed and it's not fun to come play as a visitor in a game like this in Philly. And I do really, really think that was the first thing I said as I was sitting on the couch. I said, we are so we are in Trey. We control his mind right now. We are so deep in his brain, he has no clue what to do. <laughs> yeah, the, the Knicks got to him a little, but I think Philly will break him. Um, but uh, and my, Go ahead, go ahead. The, the final takeaway for me, Tom, uh, was really, really two parts. One, just a note, I was a little worried towards halftime. I don't know if you remember, uh, they were up like – 12 points maybe with like two minutes left before the half. Everything was looking great. And then they ended up like going into half only up two points. The Hawks went on an insane run. And I was a little worried at that point. Mm -hmm. But the way that the Sixers came out in the second half again, that team that we saw, I think, contends with the Brooklyn Nets. I wanted to hear your thoughts on, you know, how they may stack up. If, you know, I don't want to look ahead, but if, if that's a potential matchup. I do think the Sixers are could be in a bit of trouble against the uh, against the Nets. That's the first time I've said that all postseason and, and you know the later half of the season. I said I I think the Sixers are going to have a chance. It does concern me slightly. I mean the bench just cannot play like that, and Ben Simmons is going to have to do more. Like like let's be honest here, the Hawks they're fine. But they're not very. They're not good. The Hawks are not good. So to make this as difficult as we're making it um, scares me a little. 
and and Brooklyn is just cruising right now. So it does worry me a little bit, but uh, you know we'll see how the rest of the series shakes out. Like it. If there's an Embiid, there's a way. Just remember that. That's we got right. him out there healthy. Anything can happen. And uh, so the Sixers cover as four and a half uh, closed at six and a half. So my four and a half number was great uh, when I got it at four and a half. Close six and a half doesn't matter. They both cover. Um, and then the late game, Utah wins by three. Uh, they push. Uh, depends where you got the number. I saw three and a half for a while. Uh, Jazz minus three and a half and went down to three. And then, uh, yeah, if you got the three, either way, you pushed. If you got the Clippers with three and a half, which is where it was most of the day, uh, you probably cashed a nice little ticket there. Yeah, that's a that's a big win for the Jazz to get a 1-0 lead there. Yeah, and I think they're going to – I did think they were going to handle the Clippers – pretty easily tonight um i actually played the jazz minus three you know i pushed but um i just you know clippers coming off of a game seven a high intensity game seven i just don't like to back a team in that position really i, I agree that's that's kind of why i stayed off it i was waiting to see if maybe steady picks had something to push me over the edge but the jazz tom the only team in the nba that's better than the sixers at home or has perform slightly better they got a big time home court advantage which is strange you don't really think of utah as the uh the tough place to go but there's a little bit of an elevation factor in utah that people don't realize kind of not not quite as extreme as denver but it's kind of a uh i don't know if you've ever been out there it's a it's a different landscape and i wonder if that maybe plays a fact because you're right they're not known for like sellout crowds and the crazy arena i mean i'm sure they have that but Dodd. And then tonight, Ricky, we've got the Phoenix Suns and the Denver Nuggets. Phoenix up in the series, one nothing. Um, let's get into a little breakdown of, of the games today. Um, anything you like there? It's the only NBA game on the slate today. So you know what, Tom? I'm not betting this game. I'll give you a quick breakdown of some relevant info. So in terms of the money, and the line movement, we've got about 60 to 65% of the public money coming in on the Suns at that opening minus six number. I'm seeing it stayed put. Uh, it's bounced from minus five and a half to minus six. It seems like that's kind of where the line's been, bouncing like five and a half, six, five and a half, six. And uh, that's where we're at right now. So kind of a freeze. Yeah, and um, I'm seeing a few five and a half still out there, so you can certainly get whatever number it is that that you're after. You want to back the the Suns, go grab the five and a half. Nuggets, grab the six. I Suns, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I don't really have a, a a a big preference on this game, but give me the rest of your numbers. What do you got? I was just gonna say the Suns have been so good as a home favorite. They're 24 and 11 on the year, Tom, 68%. They've been great as a favorite in general. They've been great at home. Like everything lines up on the Suns, especially considering the Nuggets have been bad on the road. They've been bad as a road underdog. Um, 
So like the trends and signals definitely point to the Suns like they did in game one where they covered easy. But I don't like fading this Nuggets team. I don't know why. I like I don't think I've done it once the whole postseason. But I won't have a bet on this one. This is a stay away from me. Yeah, I'm staying away as well. Um, the six down to five and a half, even though you know 65% of tickets and money are coming in Suns, seeing it drop to five and a half uh, is concerning. Tells me, you know, sharp plays on the Nuggets there uh, with that line move. But um, I don't know if I can get behind the Nuggets. Like you said, they're they're not very good on the road. The Suns are one of the better teams at home. I just don't know if I can stomach making that uh, bet. And I wonder, too, if Aiton is really just match up for Jokic and you know that that's not good for the Nuggets that they have a really good piece for their best piece so we're gonna have to see how that plays out before we start betting this one absolutely and um yeah NBA playoffs this round has been much better for me I'm, I'm enjoying watching it um so no plays for us tonight in the NBA Hey Tom, real quick. Yeah, I wanted to give you some props on the uh, the Sixers to win the series ticket. Not that they won yet, but I was wondering what are the odds on that now. I threw it in right before the game yesterday at minus one thirty, and just I was just thinking because like it's probably that probably goes minus two hundred or worse. Um, I'll, I'll try to look at it throughout the show, but I was curious if you knew offhand what it is now. I will have to pull it up. I don't know what it is now. It's always interesting to see how much that shifts based off one game in the series. Yeah, yeah, what a difference. I mean, that's why it's such a great time to keep an eye on those because you can buy low often Tom, on a team. It's minus 250 now. You got it. We got yeah, it at minus go. 130 yesterday. Look at that. And that's what you want. Boom. I mean, that's Good exactly stuff. how you want to play it. I mean, that's picture perfect. It's Here all about... Betting on sports is very interesting, and I we talk about this a lot, but I love the psychology that goes with it. That's arguably my favorite part. It's not, you know, winning money. It's not. I love the psychology behind picking games, who likes what, why they like something, what their strategy is, and then certainly the the opinion of buying low on teams. Uh, I find fascinating and, and something that you just have to do. Like you kind of have to go against your intuition or, or what you think and say, we got to buy low. Like um, in baseball tonight, the Cardinals are uh, lost six straight. And I see a lot of respected people thinking about taking the Cardinals tonight. That's buying low when everybody just wants to auto fade the, the, the team that's losing. Sometimes it's best to buy. They're on that bad of a slide, the, the Cardinals. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 struggling. It's a good team too. Wow! But uh, Steady Picks Radio, wake up and wager. We're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we'll have Matt from Vegas Always Knows join us uh, on the show here. That's gonna be a good time. He'll, he'll we'll talk about baseball with him, get some of his early plays, and uh, and and just learn a little bit more about Matt. We haven't had him on the show, um, so. Steady Picks Radio, Wake Up and Wager. We'll be back 
in a minute www.studypix.com and become a member today a study picks membership is only $20 per month and gives you all the tools you need to become a better sports better use promo code radio for 50% off your first month and follow us on social media at steady picks for daily updates Enjoy listening to Steady Picks Radio and be sure to head over to <clears throat> steadypicks.com and sign up today. Eddie Picks Radio, wake up and wager. Welcome back into the show. Thanks for taking a, a quick break with us. And during the break, we found Matt from Vegas Always Knows. Matt, good morning. How are you? Uh, I'm not too bad. Tired, you know. It's it's tough being Vegas Always Knows. You got to be on Vegas time. So <laughs> it's it's uh, been a late one for me. How you guys doing today? Doing good. Welcome to the show, Matt. And, uh, yeah, we, we, we've been meaning to do this for a while because, uh, you know, there's really no point not to. He does a show on, on Steady Picks Radio. It's very good. Uh, airs at noontime. Uh, basically discusses baseball every day uh, for the most part. And uh, it just, you know, as much as we talk about baseball here on the morning show, we figured it's just an absolute no-brainer to, to kind of make this work here. So um, thank you so much for taking time and getting up a little early here to uh, – to chop some plays up with us. Really, the big no thing problem. I wanted to talk about with you, Matt, is strategy base. So you don't have to give me any plays today. You don't have to give me any, like, you know, the secret sauce. But when you're looking at games for the day and you're starting to go through the games, what is it that you're looking for? Are you looking at, you know, divisional dogs as much as I value that? Like, what are you looking for when you're picking straight uh, games? be honest, I just look for the best value based on the numbers that I'm looking for each game. I mean, you can go into every game and you can see that you're going to find numbers that you like because I talk about it constantly, but pitching has been absolutely absurdly dominant this season. Mm -hmm. You need a sub three ERA to even crack the top 20 for ERA in baseball right now. You need a sub one whip to crack the top 17. And these are some of these guys that are on the verge Um that are not even in the league leaders yet. Like you have Burns out of Milwaukee, who would be the fourth tied for the fourth best ERA in baseball right now. And he hasn't qualified yet. The second best whip uh, Rondon for White Sox, who pitched a good game last night, he would be fourth best and then tied for ninth for the best whip. And they're not even qualifying yet. So the fact that pitching has been so dominant, it helps that when you see these guys pitching, you know, you're going to see either some low totals or some low team totals, which I like to play. So I basically just look at the best value possible, and I, I try to attract towards plus value odds. I seem to like them a lot better. Like today, I was just going through the basic, and I saw it was, uh, I think it was, I want to say San Francisco's run line was like plus 100. And I was like, okay, that's actually not a bad play when you're looking at the basic matchup. I'm sorry, it was the, uh, the Padres run line was plus 100. Yep. It was you Darvish pitching, and I'm like, okay, I might focus on that one, go in the detail, check, uh, you know, 
road stats, check home stats, the splits between the pitching, career averages against some of the hitters in the lineup. Because if you're taking a guy who's gotten knocked around by like four or five of the, the best hitters in the lineup, you're not going to believe in him uh, very well. So that's pretty much what I do. I just look at the best possible matchups and best possible outcome to basically make the best money possible. Yep. No, and that makes a lot of sense. And and a lot of times, you know, betting baseball is just all about the research and the work that you put in ahead of time to kind of find those spots. Um, you mentioned kind of riding some of the better pitchers um, with, with the better stats across the league. How much of an element of buying low, quote-unquote buying low, do you take into account? Because Ricky's not much of a buy low kind of guy. I am. And that's where me and uh, Ricky and I kind of – differ in our strategy for handicapping games and, and baseball, but how much of an element uh, of the buy low do you kind of take into what you're doing? I, I I look into it usually as a starting point. Like if I see a money lines minus 215, obviously that's people feel pretty confident that that team's going to win. And I don't always like to go that low because you're risking a lot to win not that much especially when if you think this team's going to win and they have a better matchup look at the run line because you're going to get a little better odds and then you can you, you can work a little better with that yes it's a little more risky but I, I don't know I sometimes like that play like yesterday I took San Francisco's alternate run line of minus two and a half runs and it was plus 190 and I put two units on it because their starting pitcher had a career sub one ERA both versus the team and in Texas. So it was like a no-brainer for me. I wasn't going to waste money on, I think it was minus two-something for their money line. That just, I don't know, I don't like the risk when I feel like you can find better value. And I've actually noticed that about some of your picks, Matt which I really like, you're not afraid to go the other way on the alternate run line. Like you're not afraid to buy a few runs if you think it's going to be a blowout or if you think a lot of runs will be scored. And uh, I like that about the way you bet. Um, one quick question I have for you guys. Have you seen anything about what's going on with Garrett Cole right now? Oh, the, uh, the spin rate. His, his in what was he asked? I don't know how to answer that when asked if he was putting a foreign substance on the baseballs yesterday. <laughs> yeah, so there's some sketchy shit going down right now. So listen to this. After like 10 minor leaguers or something got caught for whatever that substance was or whatever it was, but Garrett Cole was often linked to that substance. And right after those 10 minor leaguers got caught, Garrett Cole's first start since then, which I think was like two days ago, he got rocked, but his spin rates were the lowest that they've been since 2018, so in nearly three seasons. Is that is that ironic, or is there something a little fishy going on there? Well, actually, I I talked I almost talked about it yesterday, but I wound up uh, going back and deleting the segment because it looked like I was kind of doing a conspiracy theory. But, uh, <laughs> If you remember a couple years ago, Verlander got in trouble for talking about juice baseballs and had to walk it back on the All-Star game because he probably got yelled at. I remember that. I don't think there's, you know, it's not the coincidence that I'm talking about you have to crack a three ERA to get top 20 ERA in baseball right now. That That is absurd what some of these ERAs these guys have because usually, you know, you're talking maybe a sub 2.5 ERA for your Cy Young winner, mm -hmm. but now you're talking – I don't know, 10, 12 guys that have that already. So I'm not surprised that all of a sudden now they're talking about substances on baseball and pitchers are starting to get hit a little harder. 
I don't know if that's baseball kind of tinkering with whatever they're doing. Okay, offenses were too powerful, so let's give the pitching you know, an advantage. And now the pitching's too powerful. So now yeah. we need to balance it out. So you kind of wonder if something's going on in the background. And there. I talk about this all the time. It just, baseball has become such a three outcome game. You know, there's nothing in between strikeout, home run, or, or walking them. You know, that's, there's not a lot of normal hits. There's not a lot of action. Otherwise it's just become the three outcome game, either pitching wins, hitting wins with a home run, or uh, or or you walk, like that. That's all there is to the MLB, and I think the MLB is in a tough place right now. When you look at exactly what you're talking about, Matt, it's it's just you can't have that many pitchers that are amazing, doing amazingly well. Um, and the funny part is, a lot of these guys that are pitching well, like I'll, I'll look at the um, expected numbers uh, quite a bit in my handicapping of baseball and all these guys with low ERAs, like their expected ERA is always so much like, like higher. And I'm not sure exactly why, but it's just an interesting thing. Like that I've noticed uh, across some of the pitchers that, that are doing well. Is that this season in particular, Tom, that you're seeing that more than you saw it, for example, last season? I, I am, whether it's a coincidence or just my eyes, you know, there's no numbers to back that claim up. So, Hmm. You know, I try to stick to, to numbers, but it is it is odd. It is odd. Um, and we forgot to mention, Ricky, um, my baseball plays went 2-0 yesterday. Uh, Which means my baseball winners. plays went 2-0 yesterday. And so Ricky goes 2-0 <laughs> as well. We had, um, we had the Astros, and we had the White Sox, I believe, was our other play. Um, yep. Which, Matt had himself a day too. Uh, Matt, what would you finish like, like 10, 14 units, something monster it was, day. It was like 13.95 units. And that's including when you Shit. took the, uh, I lost a unit on my hitting parlay. I lost two units on two guys to go deep. Cause I started adding that into my rotation after last week, I went four straight days calling home run hitters. So, uh, I, I got, you know, I took the giants, like I said, the ultimate run line, it was plus plus one ninety, and I put two units on it. And I got lucky in that game because they were up six to four going into the ninth and scored three runs in the top of the ninth inning. So <laughs> I was, I, you know, that. that they bailed me out after I think last week I had a parlay going where it was ridiculous, like $1,100 payment uh, on a $10 bet. I took two guys, I took Otani and Torres to go deep. I took the under alternate run line of 5.5 between the Mets and Padres because it was uh, DeGrom and Musgrove pitching and they've been mm-hmm. dominant. And then I took the Giants run line and they gave up a run in the top of the ninth to, to ruin the run line. So me and Gabe Kapler have been kind of a, you know, not not too friendly after that game. <laughs> so they bailed <laughs> me out last Gabe. night. Uh, but then I took the White Sox to Toronto. I just based on uh, Rondon and took the under three and a half Blue Jay runs. It mm-hmm. looked like for a while the Blue Jays were going to win the game one nothing, which means my bet still wins. But that offense was kept in touch. And then I took the Indian run line because uh, – Fiber Bieber, I don't even know how to pronounce that one. He's been dominant. So I just, I rode those. And what really helped me was parlaying all three because they were like plus 1,100 odds. That really set me over for the week. I mean, I'm up, I think it's almost nine or 11 uh, units this week alone. And so far for June, I think I'm up over 20 units. So after May kind of was a little rocky for me. I'm starting out June pretty hot, which I'm a, a big fan of. <laughs> That's what it's all about, the ups and downs, the waves of the game. 
Uh, yep. Beautiful. Beautiful. Ricky, let's turn our attention to today's games. Ricky and Matt, let's let's take a look. Is there anything that jumps off the page at you today? I have one play that I'll share here. Um, and we got about a little less than 10 minutes left on the show here. I've got one play uh, for the MLB. But before I get to that, is there anything that jumps off the page for you, Matt, or uh, or Ricky here? Take it away, Matt. Uh, I mean, I'm just starting to look at some of the matchups. I do like, like I said, the Padres run line was something that I was looking at. It's currently a plus 100. I mean, yes, I do have a personal vendetta against Jake Arrieta from his time in Philly. I absolutely hate that man. (laughs) (laughs) A waste of money. But you're talking, he comes in with a almost an over five year, almost 1.5 whip. And usually on the road, he hasn't fared very well. 7.24 ERA and batters are hitting over 300 against him. And when you look into his history against San Diego, you got multiple guys smacking him around for like 14, 15 at bats, which a lot of my, you know, prop bets will come easily from that. And he's against you, Darvish, who is tied for eighth best ERA in the league, uh, 12th best whip at home. He's been lights out with a 220 ERA. And I don't know, Chicago hasn't hit him very well. I think the only guy that has hit him consistently has been. Jake Marisnik. So, I mean, you, you talk to average baseball fans and give Jake Marisnik's name, they're going to go, who? So, <laughs> yeah. you, you're talking to your Bryant and truth. Rizzo, like they're, they're your big guys in that lineup. They're not hitting him very well. So, I just think the value is there for the run line because the Padres seem to be a much better matchup today. Oh, I like that. I like that. And uh, we're going to put any of the ones that you give out here, we're going to put up on the site today as a little uh, treat for joining us so we'll put them up uh, next to ours on the site with uh with these plays so i really like that play that makes a lot of sense um again a, a lot of handicapping and and that's why i love talking to to matt and different people and how they kind of approach it like what matt's saying makes a ton of sense and i love it um i'm not much of a run line player myself but jake arietta has been kind of that auto fade this year if you can get a get a good price against him and Darvish uh, advanced numbers, as we looked at uh, earlier in the week, they have been um, out of this world. So he is pitching very well, and, and I really like that play. Um, my play today comes, uh, what time's this game? Seven ten, little divisional game, the Brewers and the Reds. And uh, we're taking the Reds here, plus 102 is the best number I got. That's going to be the the play for me um, against, against Brett Anderson. And this is pretty much a Brett Anderson uh, auto-fade situation. You look across his advanced uh, numbers, and, and and you really start to get scared. Uh, almost an 8.58 expected ERA. Hard hit rate over 50%. That's good for one of the worst in the league. Bottom 1% of the league. Hard hit rate. Strikeout rate, 12%. Again, puts him in that same category. Very bottom of the league. Expected batting average, 345. Against, that's bad. Um, And you look at the big picture here, he's just not pitching very well at all. Um, his last time out gave up eight runs, three earned runs, er, eight hits. I'm sorry, three earned runs, a home run, one only one strikeout. Like just not not particularly um, 
Not particularly good. So you're fading, Tom. The hot Brewers, they've won five games in a row. Yep, yep. And uh, just the last one time quick they note, played... Oh, go ahead. I was just, just want to make you aware of this, if you don't know, on your boy Brett Anderson. He's he's a profitable pitcher. He's all up almost four units on the season. I think they're... Uh, let me see. They're six and three in the games he started. So just just giving you a heads up. He's He's been making some money. That doesn't matter to me one bit here. Last time right, they played, right. I like it. I last like time it. they played, gave up two homers, two earned runs, five innings, five hits. That was back in May. Uh, but Brett Anderson is due for a crazy correction because he has no business having a almost a four ERA. Um, he has no business having that. Every one of his advanced numbers are awful. On the other side, we're backing a prospect 25 year old Vladimir Gutierrez who has had oh, yeah. uh, 10 innings pitched. Yeah. 10 innings pitched. They've been good. I mean, it's tough to tell with, with 10 innings pitched, but his advanced numbers are just average. They're fine. Um, and I, I'm willing to give him kind of a run here with um, divisional dog, slight line move in their favor. Open plus 105, down to plus 102. I even see a plus 100. So line is slightly moving towards the Reds. Divisional dog. Line move in their favor. That's where we're at. So we're going to lock you in, Tom? One unit on that one? Yep. Yep. Lock it in. All right. Slide it on over. I um <clears throat> I have a couple games if we have time, Tom, that I'd like to get you mm-hmm. and Matt's opinion on. I don't have a pick on these, but I just kind of want to hear you guys break these games down. Give me your top one. We got three minutes. Top one. Uh, all right. Um, let's go with let's go with the Yankees. Garrett Cole is on the mound today at the Twins. It's a minus one eighty money line, but like we talked about earlier. Cole looked really bad in his last start and got uh, those numbers were alarming, his spin rate, how much that was down. Do you guys see any value fading the Yankees today? I mean, it's tough because I've bet him the last couple times to pitch very well, and he's gotten rocked quite a few times. It's hard to know which Garrett Cole is going to come out at this point. Usually on the road, I've noticed he, you know, he tends well. Actually, his road home stats are almost identical, which is just consistently like that's just really consistent, which I appreciate. But I don't know. It's the Twins. How much value do you put into their lineup at that point? He what do they hit as a team? Something like two forty two, which is probably a little better, but they seem to be streaky in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I I don't know there because when you look at that matchup, Dob- Dobnek you know has a horrible ERA, even though he's only pitched what. Something like uh, 32 innings this this season so far. The Yankees haven't faced him. Are the Yankees going to hit him around? Are they not? You know, is Garrett Cole going to struggle? So I've seen times where Garrett Cole's been dominant. They pull him out of the game, and then the bullpen blows the game for him. Right. So nothing, uh, nothing strong that would make you want to bet this game one way or the other. I, I mean, just based on early stats, I would probably back Garrett Cole at that point, just because the Twins don't look like they're sending out the best possible pitcher, you know, lamb to the slaughter almost with the Yankees when they're a uh, pretty potent of a lineup. Okay. I actually almost had a play on the, on the twins here on the Twinkies. Um, I didn't, I couldn't pull the trigger Twinkies. all the way through, <laughs> but uh, I almost had a play on them. 
Just now that because. you called them the Twinkies, I'm not betting them. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Come on, you don't like it? I love it, but they are some Twinkies. The way they're, they're the uh, well, I'll end the show on this. The Twinkies. If you've been betting them, you're down over 16 units this season. If you bet them every game, they are. Well, you remember that money big in the stretch, that big stretch teams. at the beginning where they were just favored, 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 even though they just kept losing. They are eight. They're 12 and 18 at home. This is a team that was picked to potentially win their division, too. A lot of people thought they were going to be uh, very good this year. But, it's early. Uh, yeah, I couldn't pull the trigger on the Twins. I, for the reasons you mentioned about Garrett Cole was why I was leaning Twins, and then I pulled up Dobnak's uh, old advanced stats and almost threw up and uh, decided that wasn't going to be the play. Well, then we'll, uh, we'll avoid the Twinks today. I, if if you do have time, I do have kind of a spicy play that I, I was looking up uh, today. I was actually liking the uh, under three and a half Toronto uh, total team runs at p- currently plus 100 right now. I just think Lance Lynn come in with, he'd be a 1.23 ERA if he qualified. I think he's like two or three innings short of qualifying for the league leaders. And he's pitched very well at home, especially. I just, I know... Toronto can really just run into some runs with that pop they have in that lineup, but I, I just I'm trusting Lance Lynn here. I think White Sox pitching is going to get better of him again. So that's kind of a nice little spicy play that I think I'm going to throw like in that. there. I like for everyone. That. He's Matt's very convincing, and if you don't listen to his show, it's at noon. Um, Vegas always knows he kind of goes through a lot of the games, if not all of them, and kind of picks out some numbers that make sense like that. Um, again, the whole point of Steady Picks is helping you become a smarter handicapper, and numbers like what Matt provides um, help you do just that. Even if you don't blindly follow what he likes, take the information, apply it to your own uh, strategy and what you have going on, and, and make make your overall strategy better. That's all you can ask for. And one thing I, I always say in my show, too, is that when I'm making plays, I'm not just picking them and telling you to go bet them. I'm betting every game with that so that when, <laughs> when I have a bad day and everyone else has a bad day, like we, we're in it together and we have a good day, we're in it together. So I'm invested in all my picks because I'm putting my own money up against them. I love that, Matt. Matt, thank you so much. Oh, in case you were curious, the tennis plays. Ricky, I know you love tennis. Oh, we were these burning to hear those, Tom. <laughs> I just got to throw this forget? in here. For tomorrow morning, I have to throw this in there. Iga Swatek and uh, Sitzpadas parlay. Minus 200, minus 300. Parlay them together. There you go. I, I wanted to get that out. <laughs> That's for like 4 a.m. tomorrow morning. Get locked that in. Let's go. <laughs> Steady Picks Radio, wake up and wager. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. I think Matt's still doing his show at noon, I think. So make sure you tune into that. Uh, it's at noon, Steady Picks Radio, uh, steadypicks.com. Thank you so much for your time. Good luck today.